Welcome to the Be Seen, Be Loved podcast. I'm your host, Christy Love. I believe in taking massive action to overcome life's biggest challenges because I know the rewards that lie on the other side. This show is a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to help you level up in your life. Here's to a new you where your dedication, commitment, and staying true to yourself will make your wildest dreams come alive. I'm a transformational trainer, speaker, firm mama, and proud wife to a distinguished Navy SEAL. We believe in the motto, never give up, never quit, while doing it all with love. I'll share real talks with experts and thought leaders who offer proven strategies to turn your barriers into success in this unfiltered, transformational, and thought-provoking podcast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome. Tonight, I am so excited to interview a very special woman. Her name is Christina Campos. She is absolutely amazing. She is an educator. She is a businesswoman. And on top of that, she has four children, all still in school age. And she is an absolute action taker. When you think of action taker, you think of Christina Campos because she does not let anything get her down. And I'm going to start by letting her share her story. Christina, welcome so much to the Be Seen, Be Loved podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Now you sent me a very serious, very strong story that so many of our listeners I'm sure can relate to. Can you start by explaining that a little bit for us? Absolutely. So my story actually starts with me crying in my closet, which if you're a parent, you understand this. You have a place in your house that you run and hide to so that you can get away from your kids. And for me, that place is my closet. It's the place where I go and talk to my girlfriend on the phone if I don't want my kids to hear or in this case, show some emotions that I didn't really want them to see. So I was there crying in my closet. Now, rewind a little bit further, and the reason I was crying in my closet was because I had found out that my husband wanted a divorce. And it it did take me by surprise in some ways, and I was devastated. (laughs) I did not take that lightly. It was horrible. And I was crying in my closet. I, I met him when I was younger, but, you know, we had a great marriage. We had four beautiful children together, and... I was just trying to wrap my head around things. And I spent several months crying in my closet. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but there does come a point of a pivot when you have to decide, okay, am I going to continue crying in my closet and feeling sorry for myself? Or am I going to pick myself up and see what my new life ahead of me is going to look like? And I think when you're a parent, actually, that decision's a lot easier than when you're solo because you have these people who are watching you and seeing how you react to things and you have people to take care of. And I am no exception to that. It was a little bit easier to make that decision because I wanted to show my kids that although it was obvious that mom was not very happy about this, it was not going to destroy me. I was going to be okay. So that was actually the easy part. <laughs> the hard part comes up after that. After the choice that was of the easy part. Yeah, that was the easy part. After that, 
you know, I made the choice and I went to my bathroom mirror and I looked at myself and then I realized that I, I didn't even re- really recognize that reflection coming back at me. I started to question everything like, oh my gosh, do I want to watch this TV show tonight because I used to watch it every night with him or is that just habit? Do I really even like that show? Do I want to cook that for dinner tonight? Because I'm used to cooking it for dinner for all of us, but do I even really like eating that food? I mean, you just start questioning everything. And I discovered that I had completely lost myself Mm. in, in motherhood really, but in everything. I'm a giver by nature and you, I had to find that out through this process of trying to figure out who I was after being so lost. And that giving nature just went way too far. I was given to my kids, I was given to my husband, and I was giving to my profession, which is teaching. And as you know, teaching is not a nine to five job. You take it home with you. If you're a good teacher, I mean, you're thinking about those kids all the time. And I love teaching. I love teenagers. I love adolescents, but I just lost who I was through that process. And as I looked in that mirror, I was trying to figure that out. And it's, it's scary. It's so lonely and it's so scary. Because at the time, I mean, I was in my late 30s when I was looking at myself in the mirror at that point. And (laughs) it's like, okay, wait a second. I'm 38, 39, and I don't know who I am. What, what, how did that happen? I thought I figured this out long time ago. And it turns out somewhere along the way, it was gone again. And so I just encourage people not to do that, (laughs) not to do what I did because it's a terrifying moment. Absolutely. Well, I want to ask you, did you, were there any events leading up to when your husband first told you that he went, didn't want to be married anymore? Did you know that that was coming? I didn't really. I saw that he was unhappy and I saw that I needed to shift something to make him happy. I really, I may put an effort. I mean, don't get me wrong. It wasn't a hundred percent blindsided. And at the same time, I can't point to a specific event that said, Hey, this is it. And I don't think he would say the same thing either. Of course, having said that, I can't speak for him on why his reasons were. But I did know that he was my best friend. And to this day, like I, I do wish the best for him. In this process of rediscovering yourself, you also have to decide, all right, maybe I lost who I was, but who do I want to be now? Who do I want to be moving forward? Because you're not set in stone. You can control those things. And one of those things I wanted to be moving forward was a good ex-wife. I did not want to be the ex-wife that, you know, you dreaded to see or that the kids didn't feel comfortable uh, inviting both mom and dad into the same room. That happens way too often. And I, it's not who I wanted to be. It's not what I wanted for my kids. Right. I think that takes a level of maturity because not everyone can do that. Oh, it is a high road that is all bumpy and uphill. <laughs> like, it really is. It sounds easy, but this is not easy stuff I'm talking about. Um, it takes a conscious effort to take that high road and go the uphill way. But I'll tell you, the view from the top is a lot better from the, than from the bottom. So you do it. That's true. Well, when you were looking in the mirror, you're looking at a reflection of yourself. That was a person that you didn't want to be anymore. And is that the shift that, is that the moment when the shift create, just started 
And yes, hey, I would know this. I'm going to throw away the old me and work on being a better me. Exactly. I wanted a reset button, reset right? Button. I was like, all right, this is going to be a whole new part of my life. I'm starting over. I, I need this. I, I'm going to throw away whatever it was, all the anger, all the sadness, and I got to move forward. And it's, of course, you say that to yourself, but I mean, you have a lot of pain you're carrying around for a while. But having said that, you know, I, I started to make attributes about things that I wanted to be and who I wanted to become moving forward. Like I said, well, I know a good wife was one of them. I, I wanted to be a good mom, my kids. I, I wanted to just push that reset button. And part of that was taking some baby steps to get there. I mean, there's a lot of little tiny things that you have to intentionally do in order for that to happen. What are some things that you did do during that time? Because yeah. a lot of people just can't wake up and say, hey, I want to be a new person. You just change everything about themselves. I mean, you had a great family, a great, you know, children, a husband, and then all that was taken away from you at, a, I wouldn't say 30s are old at all, but some women perceive being 38, 39 as, hey, you know, I'm old, I'm washed up, who's going to want me again? You know, and how do I start my life all over again? Absolutely. And it was, it's not easy. So when I say it's baby steps, it's baby steps in progress. And it's intentional, really intentional things that you need to do every single day to make that happen. So I started off with creating a list of things that I was going to do, right? One of them was that reset button. I thought, okay, I need to make new friends. Okay. I, I don't want the people of my past to go away entirely, but I need to start over. And part of that is people who I meet fresh, new, who can see me for me and who I am as a single person and not as being married. I was married for over 13 years. And like I said, I met him young even before that. So we were a couple for over 20 years and that's how people can see you. And I needed not for that to happen anymore. I, I wanted to be my own person. So I started going to meetup groups again, really intentional, like going to meetups. I started to play tennis again and join a league. I started, I joined a volleyball league too, just to meet new people who didn't know me. Right. And that's a start. I mean, but so many more things to do, right? <laughs> so there are absolutely. So you got busy. That's what you did. You got busy and you created a new world, a new environment for yourself that was more positive, more forthcoming and really reflected the path that you wanted to go at that moment. And so how did that work for you? Oh, well, it was difficult. I mean, I had to sit and think, okay, I'm going to make a goal list. I'm going to do things for myself outside of my kids now, right? What are things that I want to do? What do I want to accomplish? So not just about attributes of who I want to be, but also what do I want? What are my new goals? What do I want to do? And there's something special that happens when you take a piece of paper and a thought and a pen and put it all together. It's not the same when you write it in your phone. It's just not. There's mm -hmm. something special about that paper, pen, mind connection. And then you take that piece of paper and you post it on a mirror or a refrigerator. And I had to intentionally create one hour of the day where I was going to dedicate to that piece of paper. Now, one hour. I mean, I'm a single mom of four kids. There's not a lot of other time. Other than an hour. Anybody can do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I didn't have more than an hour. And sometimes something on the list might be, well, I'm going to take care of my health today. I'm going to exercise. 
And sometimes that hour I had to be super creative. Like, okay, I want to exercise today, but I really don't have a chance. So where can I creatively find the hour to dedicate to myself? Okay, well, maybe I can run around the field that my child is doing their sport practice. So my kids play rugby. So we would, I would run around the rugby pitch while they were playing their sports. And I was still there. I was still engaged, but I was trying to exercise for myself. And maybe that was my hour. Or maybe you have to do that hour before bed or before, after they go to bed or before they wake up in the morning. You, you got to just search for it. And it's not always easy, but you find something to work on toward that list. And it's really important that it's on the list because otherwise we get it caught up in laundry or a nap or something else like cleaning. I know how it is. I mean, there's always that stuff to do, but this is a real intentional hour for you. And maybe your goal is to travel and maybe traveling is really unattainable at the moment. Okay. Well, I'm just going to browse the internet for an hour of dream places I want to go. Where do I want to go? What are the Airbnbs in that area look like? How much would a vacation cost me if I broke it down into a budget? Those are little things that I could do in my hour to still aspire to travel. And so it's really about being, again, very intentional about your actions. So mothers out there, if you are multitasking, I hope you listen to what Christina just said. Self-care is absolutely important. If you're looking to move forward in your life, get busy, get busy doing things and taking time for you, even if it's one hour a day. Every last one of us gets 24 hours a day. All we need is one hour a day to take care of ourselves, whether that's exercise and whether that's, you know, doing a salt scrub or visualizing. That's very important. Write down your goals, write down your goals. And as you do things, as you, you're going to start creating these things. And as a little bit comes to you, a little bit more comes to you, more comes to you, more comes to you. And you're going to see your life absolutely transform. Now, Christina, you are doing a whole lot lately. You're not that, that young woman who was depressed, who was sad, who was hurt, and just wondering, you know, how is her family going to make it? How is she going to make it as a single woman now on a one salary, taking care of four school-aged children? You are really doing it. Yes, you're still an educator, but you have started two businesses, and you're also on two boards. How do you make that happen? Oh, it's going to prioritizing. It's so hard because I know there's so many moms that just, or dads even that heard what you just said. And they're like, uh, <laughs> make myself first. That's crazy. Like you, it, parents don't naturally do that. And I get it. Like you put your kids first. That's what parents do. So we're not saying put your kids second. No, keep your kids first. But it's about making yourself a priority so that you are in the top five. Don't put yourself at the bottom of the list. Make yourself a priority so that you can get some of these accomplishments done. Um, And for me, I went back to school. This is before I quit my teaching job, but I went back to school. I had no idea what I was going to do. I didn't even know what I was going to major in. But I Yes, but I needed to do something to start moving forward. And so I was like, okay, I don't know what else I'm going to do. So I guess I'll go back to school. And it ended up being such an amazing experience because not only did it awaken my brain 
meet new people by going to school. But it also became a bonding thing with my kids. They saw mom working really hard. They saw mom pick something and start working toward it, a goal. Before then, I was just a working mom. So, or I was a stay-at-home mom too. I've done all the kinds of roles. So <laughs> I've done, I've been a full-time working mom. I've been all kinds of things. Now I'm an entrepreneur mom. But at that time, they saw me going after this goal. I want to get a degree. So we would sit at the dinner table and we would all do homework together. And even though we didn't have a lot of time to really sit and talk, we were together doing our homework and there was little breaks and they were able to ask me questions. And through that process of over and over and over and over again, us sitting, just sitting at the table, it became something special that the kids looked forward to. So it's just about progress and figuring something out. And I would say that after that, I decided, okay, shoot, I, I see my teenagers need me. They're, they're emerging into teenagerhood and adolescence sucks and it's really hard. <laughs> and they need me more now than they ever did before. And I had to make that really tough choice of, all right, I love teaching, but it's not really bringing me in the income that I want anyway. And I need to stop t- taking care of everybody else's kids and really start focusing on my own. Wow, now that's a huge move. Oh, it was so hard. Not especially when you love it. I love teaching, right? But I had to figure something different out. And that's when it was like, okay, but I've learned now about myself through that exploratory, I'm going to try to put myself as a priority process, that I'm a giver. Okay, I'm a giver. So if I don't give to people, I'm not going to be happy. I can't just be complacent. I don't want to be, I don't know, like a, a normal retail or I didn't want to do anything. I needed to give somehow. And that's how I founded the impactful parent. Cause now I was like, okay, what's my gifts? Well, you know what? I know a lot about adolescents. I know a lot about kids. I've spent over 20 years and thousands of kids coming through my classroom door and interacting with them one-on-one every single day. I know a lot about that. I bet I can help people with that. Yes, you're an expert in your field. Definitely. And so that's how the impactful parent was founded. I was like, okay, great. Now I can still help my adolescents going through those crazy times. And, but now I'm doing it through the home by helping their parents understand where they're coming from, by helping them with their connection and their communication and their behavior management. And now I get to make my own schedule too. So when I need to, I'm right there for my own kids whenever they need me. And it's now a really good balance. But again, it sounds so easy. No, it was not. I mean, it is a journey, people. <laughs> so, absolutely, so it is. I can't even imagine. I have a master's degree and I have a cat. <laughs> yeah. Now it's probably the hardest thing in my life that I ever had to do. So you are helping parents with their own children to transform to those years. Now, are there any parents that come to you for help for themselves? I mean, like the self-care thing and taking that one hour a day, that's important for any parents. Anyone ask, do any of the parents ask you for advice in that area? They absolutely do. And I feel like a lot of parenting can, it actually starts with yourself. You parent the way that you were parented. You parent, you parent how you know. And sometimes when you figure out, and I, it's my job as a coach to kind of work with you through that process of, hey, what's not working? Because you're obviously unhappy. And sometimes it just comes from yourself. Like, oh, wait a second, that's not working. And you have to admit that it's not working. And how do I change that? 
So really it's about how you as a parent are interacting with your kids. It's not necessarily correcting their behavior. It's sometimes correcting our own behaviors Mm -hmm. so that we can be happier in how we're parenting and it trickles down to our children actually. So, and the more we take care of ourselves, it's a great circle because then you're happier as a person. So then you have more energy and now you have more to give to your kids. Absolutely. So it's really important to do those things for yourself as a parent. And they get to see all these great parts of your personality that maybe they never saw before when you start taking up hobbies out of nowhere and getting them involved and they get curious. I'm telling you, those eyes are watching you, even the teenagers who act like they're not. (laughs) Right. Well, it's it's a huge transformation when children see their parents, not as someone who's always stressed out and, you know, over, overly stressed and don't have enough time and scattered here and scattered there to actually a parent who's having fun, who's enjoying life and has, you know, has things that they're doing and working on themselves. That's a huge difference between. Absolutely. That's right. It is a transformation for the children. Now, you know, a lot of people think that it's a school, it's a school's job to teach children this and, and that and whether it's education or behavior. But it really, in my opinion, starts at the home. It starts in the home. You know, educators do so much, but they cannot raise a child. Well, it starts in the home, but it still takes a village. And that's what we're finding even right now through these times that we're in. One of our biggest support systems, the education system, has now pulled you know, back a little bit. And man, as parents, can we feel the lack of support, right? I mean, it makes us want to pull our hair out. It just shows how much support we got from them before. And now we have to kind of keep, you know, take that slack up, but it does take a village and including parents need other parents. We need people. And part of the reason why I focus on school age children, not only because that's my passion, but there's a need there. When you're pregnant and you have a new baby, you're all excited. And then you have play dates. And there's this time period where when you do the play dates, the moms or dads, they sit together and they socialize because their kids are playing and you have that support network, or you go to these mommy me classes and you meet other parents there, or you volunteer in the classroom and you get to go into the classroom and meet parents there. Then something happens as they get older, where now your kids are more independent as they should be. But now you're dropping them off. You drop them off at the mall. You're not seeing any other parents. You're not volunteering in the school as much anymore because they don't really want to see you there, which are all good, important things for your child. Not so supportive for the parent who just now lost a lot of those support network, those, that relationships that you need as a parent because we need parents. So I like to focus on the school age child because that's parents need me more than anybody else right now. Like that's, this is the time you need other parents. So the little groups that I can put together for parents where they can see that they're not alone in their struggles or that they can vent out to another small group of parents. Even if it's me who facilitates that it's just, it's still a group of people that they can call on outside of me. They can get their own phone numbers and exchange stuff. And now they have friends across the nation that they can call on and zoom and just because we're kind of stuck in our homes at the moment doesn't mean that we can't reach out and and still have these connections with people oh that's great that is great 
having connections, or having a support group, having a positive environment is important for pretty much anyone, but especially moms who feel that they're, I wouldn't say invisible, but they just feel alone. It's lonely. I mean, yes, parenthood is lonely. And if you don't have a partner, then it's really lonely. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That is true. Um, So you have two businesses. What's your other business? Oh, it's in real estate. I started to do like Airbnbs and things on the side. Okay. Okay. Well, you're doing it. You're doing it. Absolutely. Um, Can you share, you talked about some tips on maintaining our identity after motherhood. What are the solid tips that you can leave our listeners with to maintain our identity? Yeah, sure. And so, and you know, for your listeners too, they can go to theimpactfulparent.com slash life beyond children. And there's a free PDF there that I'm going to have. I have all 12 steps of how I'm, you know, rediscovered myself and maintained who I am now. And in addition to that, questions that you have to ask yourself in order to figure that out. So some of the questions that in order to maintain who you are and to figure out who that person is, is you start asking yourself things like, you know, not just what makes me happy, but who in my life do I really rely on and who in my life really doesn't serve me right now? Mm. Because sometimes there's a saying, I think that I can't remember it exactly, but you're, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I think it is. And there's sometimes a time in your life where you, outgrow people and you're it's not a sad it's sad but it's not malicious you're not trying to be mean you just outgrow some people in your life and when you're trying to grow into something bigger then it's it might be time to let go of some relationships that maybe aren't serving you as much anymore and that doesn't mean you have to stop talking to them it just means maybe you're gonna try to find new friends or or spend a little bit less time on those other relationships that aren't serving you One of the biggest things that I'm going to give your audience as a tip is I found that so many parents or people, actually not even just parents, we put these imaginary boundaries on the things that we're capable of. Mm. Let me give you an example. So I would try to find my hour, right? That I was talking about. And one of the things I wanted to do maybe was exercise for my hour, but I say to myself, well, I would wake up early before my kids got up, but I'm just not a morning person. Okay, so when I talk to myself like that, I'm just not a morning person. I'm putting an imaginary boundary on myself saying, I can't do that. When really, I could totally do that. It's, I don't want to do that. I don't want to wake up in the morning. I like my sleep and I don't want to wake up in the morning because it's just not who I (laughs) want to be. It's It's not for me as a person. Kudos to those moms who can wake up before their kids and get their workout in. Wow, I wish that was me. It's not. And I own that. But there's a difference there between saying, hey, I own that I could do that if I really wanted. And it just, no, I don't want to do that. And then saying, you know what? I I just can't because I'm not a morning person. So your internal dialogue that you say to yourself is so extremely important for any kind of transformation or any kind of goal setting because you can do whatever it is that you want to do. You are limitless and you can remember that person that you were before you had children because you were that person for a long time. So sometimes it's not even that I was lost. It's that I just forgot who I was. And so it's just finding that those qualities again that I'm like, Oh yes, that's right. 
I like doing that. Why don't I do that anymore? And finding those things and then sticking to them and bringing them back into your life so that they serve you again. That's a great tip. You know, even, I mean, even especially for people who are not mothers or single, find that mm-hmm. hour. For me, I, I do wake up super early before anyone else does so I can get that hour, the hour of meditation or dancing or prayer, um, journaling, but it makes a huge difference. At first, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to get up early, but I know the benefit. Now I can't imagine life without waking up and having that one hour. And at night, I also have another hour to journal my affirmations and speak over my affirmations, my prayer before I go to bed in my nightly routine. So I need those two hours, one in the morning, one at night. And I, I wake up, I mean, yeah, I wake up an hour early and then I go to sleep an hour later, just so I can have that time. But you can do it. You can do it. And there's a saying that if you do something 21 days in a row, it becomes a habit. So that's one thing that I've instilled within myself that if, if there's something I don't want to do, I say, okay, I just got to make it to 21 days. After 21 days, I won't even have to think about it anymore. It'll just become a habit. So yeah, it's, it's all mindset. It's all mindset. And if there's something that you want to do, if you're not a morning person, but you know that that's the only time that you have that you can sneak in that hour for yourself, self-care, whether it's your hair or, or putting on makeup, which you usually don't, or picking out an outfit instead of your frumpy clothes <laughs> that you're wearing and around. sometimes you got to fake it until you make it. And I just want to point that out there, especially since you said you did affirmations, because I did that too, where I said, okay, this is who I want to be. And in the morning, I would tell myself those affirmations and say, okay, I can do this. I can move forward and I'm going to be okay, and I'm going to find out the answers, and I'm going to work it out. And you feel stupid looking at yourself in the mirror for a while. In the beginning, it's like, ah, what am I doing? I'm lying to myself. Why am I doing this right now? This is so dumb. But you got to push through that phase because eventually you start to believe the things that you're saying, and those affirmations then become a part of who you are. But you do got to get past that ugly part of it that ugly phase it's like working out in the beginning it hurts and it just sucks I mean there's no good thing about it really but you do it for a while and then your body craves it and it starts to get stronger and everything is like that about you know when you go into transformation phase in those pivots it's whether it's exercise or mental health physical health or mental health it's the same kind of process and you just if you know about it before you go in and you recognize it I think it's a little bit easier to overcome it than when you're like, I just didn't know and I felt stupid, so I quit. No, don't quit. You're, you're going to feel stupid. It's okay. It's part of the process. And everything takes time. Everything take, takes time. Like you said, it's a part of a process. So when you start doing these, like saying affirmations and speaking these things, and they feel stupid, but as you keep doing it, continue to be consistent and dedicated to that time, you're going to start to see things happen. And you're going to start to experience it. And then it's going to, you know, come alive and be a part of your life. You know, I was doing this weird, stupid affirmation. I was saying, oh, my word, you know, that's the most beautiful robe throughout the home. And I look like one of those, you know, people who just lounge around these fancy robes. And actually yesterday, my husband got me a, a gift. And it was the, this kimono robe. It was gorgeous silk robe that was just more than I would have ever spent on. But I just walked, I'm like, this is the robe I've been talking about for like, you know, a year. I have it, you know. It, it can be small, it can be large, but those affirmations, that time, 
that you spend with yourself is so important, so important. So you did that. You did that. You transformed your life. You are creating beautiful things in the world and helping so many people and serving so many people to break out of you know, their insecurities, that negative self-talk and become the, the parents that they are destined to be. So what lies for the future of Christina Campos? Oh, geez, I don't know, but I'm excited for it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it made me realize that, you know, I actually embrace change now and find it, it's scary, but exciting. And it changes where growth happens. So I'm ready for it now. My mindset, the way I talk to myself about it is way different than it did before. So I hope to grow the impactful parent worldwide. I hope that I can have great things in my future, but I don't know what that looks like. And I'm just kind of taking it one day at a time, but I look forward to it. I'm excited, whatever happens. And if there's something bad that comes my way, I guess I'll just deal with that too, but it's going to be okay. Absolutely. You're going to take a lot of parents with you along for the ride. And just people in general, because all the tips that you have, and please go to her website and check out those 12 tips. I, I definitely am because those are things I can implement in my life as well to keep me moving forward in that direction. And, and that is absolutely amazing, Christina. I just am grateful that you are here sharing this time with our listeners and giving them some tips to help them transform life, no matter where they are, because you came from a devastating point and turned that around, transformed that into an awful, I'm sorry, awesome, beautiful future for you and your family. So um, tell us again your website. Yeah. So for that free PDF, it's absolutely free. You're going to go to theimpactfulparent.com slash life beyond children, and uh, it'll be there for you. Super. I will definitely go in there after our talk tonight and checking that out. And I hope the listeners will too. Thanks again, Ms. Christina. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Be Seen, Be Loved podcast. For more inspiring conversations, please share with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions or feedback, you can reach me directly at beseenbelovedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.